Good morning. How's everybody? You ready to get into the Word today? All right. We've had a good morning all the way through, and uh, I'm expecting this to be the best yet. How about that? All right. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Let's lift our hands. Let's just let's uh, honor the Lord and pray before we get into the Word. Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you, Lord, for just your faithfulness, your provision, your patience, your incredible care over us as your children. And I thank you, Lord, that you've ordered our steps, brought us here today. You know every one of us. You know what we're dealing with. You know what we're thinking about. You know what we're happy about. You know what we're worried about. The things weighing on us and the things that are just energizing us. And I ask you, God, this morning in all of those things, that we'd find a holy order in our life. That when we leave here in just a little bit, we're closer to you than ever before. And I thank you that by your word and by your spirit, you're going to speak into our lives in remarkable and lasting ways that will never be the same. And Lord, truly, we'll be able to say, I'm so glad that I came today. I'm asking you, God, bless your people. Help your people today. Help me to deliver your word in the right way. And I pray that when everything is said and done this morning, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, head over all things to this church, that you would be honored, that you would be pleased that you'd be glorified, and that these, your people, every one of them will be helped today. And that is our prayer. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. Help me welcome our internet audience, would you? God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Hey, um, last week we had 600, almost 700 people joining us by way of internet. And so that's a lot of folks out there. And And that prompts me to just remind you, all of our services go out live stream, and then all of our services are then archived and uh, so that you can watch them whenever, wherever. Um, we used to do television a number of years ago, and I, I still run into people. I never confront them on it. They'll go, oh, I watch you every week on television. <laughs> I'm like, we haven't been on television in years. <laughs> but um, one of the reasons we went off is because that's one half hour uh, very limited geographical reach and a lot of money. And so now with the use of technology, uh, internet, our apps, our different things like that, we're able to go worldwide 24 hours a day, just unlimited. And, um, you know, there is some money that goes with that, but I'm telling you what, this is so incredible how we're able to get the word just everywhere in, in the world. So we have even, um, truck drivers. I got an email from a truck driver a couple of weeks ago and he's out in the Midwest, and he's part of our church family. He said, uh, I watched you on the Internet this morning. And I go, no, 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 don't do that, because he's driving. He's driving. <laughs> just listen. Just listen. But um, honestly, you know, uh, I will um, share with people. Maybe I'm inviting them to the church, or they'll asking something about God or whatever. And I'll encourage them. I'll say, hey, listen, um, if you could ever come to church. And, well, my work schedule, this and that. And I go, hey, there's another way to kind of do this a little bit. And I'll encourage them. Do you have Do you have internet connection, computer at home? Do you have a smartphone or a pad or whatever? And um, tell them about our app. And our app um, is only $21 every month. It's free. Y'all missed it. Okay, it's free. It's completely free. Um, but on there, they can, they can watch live. They can get podcasts. They can watch archive. They can get notes from the sermons and go to our website just all kinds of things there. And so that's another use of that, another good way to use that as a tool to just help people to peek in a little bit. And maybe they're a little uptight about going to church and they can actually 
hear and see and, and taste a little bit. And uh, um, I think that's a good way to use it as well. Amen. All right. Y'all ready? All right. We're in a series. I forget what it's called. Anybody remember? Belong. Oh, you cheated though. You cheated. So, all right. Belong. Um, God put within us. We started this series last week. I believe God has put in us. He has hardwired us with this innate deep down need. And I emphasize need to belong, to belong. And we have to be careful because it's such a strong core need in us. If we don't handle it right, then we, it is possible that we would belong wrong. Y'all ever belonged wrong? You ever heard of peer pressure? You know what will happen? We have such a desire and need to be accepted, to fit in that, you know, we've all done it. We alter ourselves in ways. You know, change how you look, how you act, how you talk. Uh, compromise your beliefs, even alter your appearance. I mean, do all kinds of things just so that you can fit in so you can feel accepted. And that's where you can end up belonging wrong. Again, there's such a strong driving need within us. If you don't handle it right, you'll plug into things thinking they're going to, they're going to charge you up and instead they will drain you. Y'all, y'all ever experienced that, you know? And so we need to be super careful with this. Ultimately, I believe it is designed to drive us and to draw us toward what we ultimately need to belong to. And that is this family, family, everybody say family. And in particular, the family of God, the family of God. There it is. The family of God. Couldn't do that again if we tried. Um, But to come into the family of God, that's where it's all met. Now, listen, when we talk about belong, we're not talking about uh, joining the church. I, I think you should identify with and be a part of a local church. I really do. And if you're here, I think you should just plug in. That's part of what growth track is for, but that's not what this series is about. Um, when I talk about family and joining a family, I'm not trying to take you out of your family. Okay. I'm not talking necessarily about your natural family. Uh, and we'll kind of unfold that as we go. But ultimately I believe it's the desire of God and we're, there's a, a thing built within us to desire to belong. And the only thing that's going to fill that ultimately is being a part of the family of God. Amen. The human problem has no human solution. So if we try to fill that need within us with anything human or otherwise, that's not going to work. Ultimately, it's only going to be fulfilled as we become a part of the family of God. Amen? Now... In John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, But as many as received him, this word also could mean accept, you accept him, to them he gave the right, this word means the power and the privilege and right, to become what? Children of God to those who believe in his name. I want to spend just a moment on this. Um, If we become children of God, then who is our father? God. And so that ultimately is the, his favorite context in scripture is that he is our father. Jesus constantly referred to him in that way and, and drove us toward the fact that he's our, your heavenly father. So incredible things there for us. But notice this, the way that we become children of God is that we believe on him and receive him. And in our current culture, let me just tell you, we're just too smart. We're existentialists and we're relativists and we're, we're postmodern and we're all those things. And I'll just tell you, we're confused. 
Because we got to think everything out. And what it does, it inhibits us from being able to believe. We can't believe something because we can't figure it all out. And, and somewhere, somebody changed the rules and definitions on that. And that's why you're constantly seeing things redefined. It's because, you know, we can't figure this out. So we got to fit it to, to our own shape. And it just does not work that way. So in order to believe, or in order to become a child of God and God be our father, you have to believe. And, and let me just say this about belief. It's believe, folks. It's not figure everything out. It's believe. It's to accept. It's not to see it all, you know, cut and diced for you there. But it's to believe. It's to accept. And, the, and, and I, like, I like the fact that God is bigger than what I can figure out. I said this last week. I've said this for 25 years now. If the only God you can believe in is a God that you can figure out with your mind, I'm sorry, but that's a pretty puny God. That is a pale, non-creative, weak, anemic, sad God. Are y'all here? But the God that we serve, the God that we love, that I believe and that I accept and that is my heavenly father, I cannot figure out everything about God. He creates, he fixes, he's a creator, he's a redeemer. Has he ever done anything for you in your life? You're like, I don't know how he did it, but he did it, you know, and I have, I have no problem. I have no problem giving praise and honor and being thrilled to serve a God that can do things. I, I can't figure that out. And when you have a need in your life, it's just too big for you. You know, he's got ways, y'all. Do you hear me? He's got ways, y'all. <laughs> God is able and he's big. So believe and accept him. And when you do that, he becomes your father. You become his child and you're in the family of God, which is a beautiful thing. Amen. Well, if you belong in this family and I want to talk real straight to you, I really have just two big things that I want to share with you today. If you belong in this family and he's our father and we're his children then we're brothers and sisters. So look at me for this. If you're, if you're in this family, stop right there, bookmark right there. And by this family, I don't mean just Meadowbrook. The family of God's all over the world. They're all over the world. As many as received him, became children of God, they're, they're all over the place. They're all over our town this morning, worshiping all over the country today. You know, but in the family of God, get this now. If you're going to be in this family, and in particular in a local expression right here of Meadowbrook, that's a sliver, a slice, that's a... a an expression of the family at large. Okay, now here's my point. If you're going to be in this family, you've got to take good care of your brothers and sisters. I'll tell you again, you've got to take good care of your brothers and sisters. Yeah, I, I can remember times there, you know, raising our kids where we'd say, now you watch out after your brother. Take care of your sister. You know, my middle son moved to Nashville a couple of years ago, and I've, I forgot to tell you, I told you all to pray for him because he's in Africa, and I have every people, Every week people ask, is he back yet? He's been back. I forgot to tell you, he's back. So, but still pray for him. He's in Nashville. Okay. But then my, my, uh, oldest daughter and her husband, they both, uh, took jobs in Nashville and this is the way God worked it out. He was already, Joshua was already up there and they moved up and they lived three blocks away from him. And Joshua was incredibly creative but he needs a big sister and brother-in-law around. Okay. You know, so I love that. And my daughter was home a couple of weeks ago. And when we dropped her off at the airport, I said to her, I said, Hey, when you're up there, take care of your brother. 
And you know what? We need to take good care of one another. I said take good care of one another. It's a mark. It's a mark of our family. Now, different families handle things in different ways. Again, going back to raising my kids, there were times where our kids, we'd say they could do something or couldn't do something or had to do it this way. And they'd protest. And mom, dad, so-and-so's parents. And I go, we're not so-and-so's parents. We're not that family. We're this family. We're this family. And every family's going to do things a little bit differently. And so, you know, maybe where you come from, and I'm not necessarily talking about your earthly family. I'm talking now about your ideas, your values, the way you've kind of handled things. Um, It's going to be a little different in God's family. Okay? Let me go ahead and put everybody at ease. We're all adopted. We're all adopted. Beautiful language in Romans, in the book of Romans, Galatians, Ephesians. We've been, uh, he sent the spirit of his son, the spirit of adoption, whereby we could cry, Abba, Father. It's a very intimate, close term for Father, spirit of adoption. In Ephesians, it talks about that we are chosen, adopted, and accepted in the beloved. We're, we have been grafted in. We are, we are now made his children. We were, we're all adopted. So wherever you come from, so to speak, you'll get with me. And if, you know, I'm not trying to take you out of your earthly family, but even there, sometimes how we're raised, we handle certain things, certain ways. And I just got to tell you that when you're in the family of God, the way of the family of God should trump the way of your earthly family. You know, the way you handle, um, your finances, the way you would handle, uh, the way you would treat other people, the way you would handle a tough situation, the way you would even handle conflict. You know, sometimes we'll, we'll uh, minister to a, a, a couple, a married couple that's having issues with conflict resolution. And part, part of the problem will be, well, one of them comes from a family that when there's conflict, you scream, you call bad names, and you throw things. And, or you withdraw or you run away, or you're mad for a month, you know? And, and can I just tell you something? Time out, y'all. No, not in this family. You don't, you don't do that in God's family. God has a better way of, of doing things in his family. Are you with me so far? You're in God's family now. Now think about this. I belong to God. You 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 go, well, what about me? I'm making a point here, okay? You know if you do or not. And the Spirit actually bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So I belong to God. You belong to God. Then guess what else? We belong to each other. We belong to each other. And our Father wants us to take good care of one another. It is super important to God how we care for one another. You want to grieve the spirit? That's been very misunderstood. If you look in the context of what it is that grieves the spirit, it's when we don't treat each other right. When we don't treat each other right. The Bible, the New Testament in particular, is chock full. Chock full. I don't know why I use that phrase, but chock full of, new, of, of one another instructions. Everybody say one another. It is as loaded with that phrase, one another, how we treat one another. Let me just give you the short list, just a few of these. We're to love one another. We're to comfort one another. 
We're to encourage one another. We're to be patient with one another. We're to bear with one another, the scripture says, because we love one another. We're to forgive one another. We're to serve one another. One place it even says this, when you prepare to eat, wait for one another. That's a hard one. We're to greet one another. That's repeated in Scripture. It's important how we greet each other. Listen, I don't think you should just walk up to each other and go, uh, uh. Yeah, we should honor the image of God within each other. Greet one another. Receive one another. Care for one another. Submit to one another. Edify one another. Pray for one another. And the list goes on and on. It is important to God how we treat our brothers and sisters. Can I get a good Amen. Let's go to the book of Galatians in chapter 6, verse 10. It says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let's just break down this first line here. As we, well, go back, go back, go back. As we have opportunity. So not if we have opportunity. More literally, it's when opportunity presents itself. Look at me. And it will. It will. As we have opportunity, let us, what? Do good to who? To all, man. Especially those who are of the what? Household of faith. The family of God. The family of faith. The New International Version renders it. Now, let's break it down a little bit. As we have opportunity. opportunity. Everybody say opportunity. By definition, this is an occasion, a season, a proper time, a window. And I just want to say this, that the way it is in the Greek language, New Testament Greek language here, it's not if there's opportunity, it's when opportunity comes. And, and let me just tell you about the frequency of opportunity. Ready? Every day. And not once a day. Throughout the day. Are you hearing me? All, all the time. There's going to be opportunity. And what we want to do is I think you need to start your day right. I think, it, you know, we sang that first song, wake within me. You know, I think, you know, I need God to restore my soul. I need him to wake me up to, to who he is and what he has for me and, and to get my spirit man and my soul fully awake. We're so worried about getting our body woke up. You know, but we need to get woke up from the inside. So for me to do that, I get up very early and I'm not, I'm not trying to appear super spiritual or whatever, but it's important to me because without God, I make a mess. Probably not you, but me. Without God, I make a mess. So I figure it's better to check in with him first than wait till after lunch and I already have a mess. And it's always good to start your day, begin your day with a word from our sponsor. You know? And so he's given me life. He's given me breath. So I want to settle that issue of lordship. Uh, And most days I start out, it's me, Jesus, and Earl Gray. That's hot tea for some of y'all don't know. But we start out that time, and one of the things I ask the Lord to do is to keep me alert and awake and aware of the opportunities that will, there will be today. That he would help me, see, that he would lead me, that he would help me so that when that opportunity comes, I'll know that opportunity when, when I see it. Amen? Um, have you ever put on a pair of jeans you had more in a you know, few days or a week or something, and, and you put them on and you find money in your pocket? Y'all, y'all, some of, y'all, listen, y'all been up a long time and, and you should be like wide awake. Wake within me. Come on. So a couple of weeks ago, I reached in my pocket and I thought, money. 
And I pulled it out and it was a 20. And I'm like, bonus. And I'm thinking, awesome. And I'm, I start thinking right away, you know, what I'm going to do with this. I saw this new place. It looks like a giant ice cream cone. I thought, you know. And just in my heart, I heard the Lord say, I'll show you who to give that to. I'm like, what? I, I don't think a, a miracle put that in my pocket. I put that there and forgot. But how many of you know God knew? So he said, I'll show you who that's for. Well, I didn't stomp around. I'm like, yes, sir. That's awesome. And so later that day, I'm in a grocery store. And this happens. And I saw somebody and the Lord said, it's them. And so I didn't make big fanfare. Just went, did it. Didn't even know them. And I won't tell you how all that went down, but I did not say, attention shoppers. <laughs> tell you a little story how God just used me. You don't do that. Don't do that junk. Y'all hear me? Nor when I realized, okay, it's them. I, I didn't have some tingle. You know, what is that? One medicine or something, the advertisers got these glow-in-the-dark green butterflies flying around, you know. I didn't have that happening. And y'all don't take that stuff, okay? That's like, that's like the 60s, you know, hallucinating and things. Don't, don't do that. But I just, I just had a knowing. Just had a knowing. And you know what? I walked away, I'm sure, more blessed than they were. And so you just want to be awake and alert to that, and God will show you. Amen. As you have opportunity to what? To do good. Do good. Everybody say do good. That means help somebody. To benefit them. It can be big things. It can be little things. It might just be a smile. It might be a compliment. It might be holding the door. It might be that God would have you do something financially for somebody. Maybe it's just giving them a break. Maybe it's just being kind. What, whatever it would be, you need to be aware of that and do good. Well, then we'll be called do-gooders. Well, if you get called a do-gooder, just say thank you for noticing. Okay? opportunity to do good to everyone. Everybody say everyone to all, to everyone. And did you know that everyone includes anyone? Now that's kind of the bummer, isn't it? Because we want to kind of, you know, they need to qualify, but it's to everyone. It's to all. Jesus even talked about times where we're good. We do good to our enemy. Did you know I actually number of years ago, sent an edible arrangement. You know what that is? It's like the fruit thing to, I guess you could categorize them as an enemy. They've been nice to me ever since. <laughs> but do good to all. The, the, the person in the grocery store, I didn't quiz them. Now, have you said any curse words in the last 45 days? <laughs> have you smoked since 10th grade? I, I didn't ask him those things. Just do good to everybody. But notice this next word, especially. Everybody say especially. By definition, this means mostly, chief, in particular. In particular, who? To those who are of the household of faith. To those who are of the household of faith. Who is that? It's family. Family. You're to be good to all. There's going to be opportunity for us to be good to all, to anyone, that God would show you. But especially those of the household of faith. Let me go back on, on to everyone. To anyone. Wisdom and discernment will keep you safe. 
Okay? Wisdom and discernment will keep you safe. Don't miss this next thing. Compassion will never be careless. Compassion is never careless. There's this one commercial, I think it's for direct TV versus cable TV. And I really don't watch that much TV. I keep referring to it this morning. I don't know why. But uh, what's the guy? Rob Lowe. And he goes, I have direct dish and I'm smart and I'm handsome and all this stuff. And then there's another guy and I'm Rob Lowe who has cable and I make bad decisions. Have you seen that guy? You know, uh, and he's, he's tattooed stuff on his face. I'm sure he does not want. He's given his car keys to a stranger. He's eating a tuna sandwich he found on the bus. Now, those are all opportunities, but those are not wise. Okay. And so God will help you. Listen, wisdom and discernment will keep you safe. And compassion is never uh, careless in that. So to anyone, especially those to the household of faith. And this is one way that God takes care. This is one way that God takes care of his children. You seen that show? Here we go. Another TV show. I never watch this. So my wife watches this. Um, uh, the Duggars, they, they have like 40 kids. Y'all seen that show? I think they just got to a place where they're just raising more kids to help them take care of their other kids, you know? Uh, but you're at a place where you've got to have your brothers and sisters to help your brothers and sisters. And one of the way that God takes care of us, listen, one of the ways that God takes care of you is he's going to use other people. He's going to, he's going to use other brothers and sisters. Amen. Um, let me show you this way. Robert, if you come here, um, and we're just going to illustrate this This is for illustration purposes only. You understand that? Do you understand that? Okay. So in this illustration, I'm God. So you do understand this is for illustration purposes only. Because if I was actually God for a day, I'd be somewhere else fixing some stuff in the world. Don't y'all know? Okay. But anyway, for this illustration only, I'm God. And this is one of my sons, Robert. And Robert has a whole lot of brothers and sisters. Okay. And so I'm going to give him, Robert, I love you. I just want to bless you. And so I gave him $5. Thank you. Put it in your pocket. Put it in your pocket. Okay. Now, but then I come along and say, Robert, um, I need you to do something for your brother. I want you to do this for me, for your brother. I want you, Christian, stand up. Stand up, Christian. Go ahead. I want you to go give that to Christian, your, your brother. <laughs> and that's his wife. <laughs> no, to Christian, not to, not to Abby. To Christian. All right. Now put it in your pocket. Yeah. And later today or whenever, if God tells you to do something, do it. Okay. All right. Now, this is what God do. And it pays to serve God. Now, you can be seated with your five dollars. Okay. <laughs> but this is what God would do. He's not. He's. You can never outgive God. So God would take care of you when you when you help take care of his take care of his kids. All right. All right. Thank you so much. All right. And you know you know what else God will do sometimes. He'll say, Laura, Laura, I need you to help me, your sister over here, Jessica. She needs, she needs a hug. Come here. Would you do that for me? Because God will send us to go, would you go and would you, she needs that. Would you do that for me? And so then we go and we do. And God will prompt us to do this. God's, listen to me. God's going to use his kids to help take care of his kids. Amen. Wait. Wait. Okay. There you go. Now, how many of you know God can use anybody? He can use anybody to help you, but primarily I think he's going to use his kids. He can use anybody, though. I heard about a lady, elderly lady, lived by herself. She, um, 
loved God. And every morning she would pray to God and she'd sing to God. She'd worship. And her next door neighbor lived very close to her was an atheist. And she totally got on his nerves every day. They go, this lady is crazy. There is no God. And every morning she's praying and singing and worshiping the God that is not there. And day after day that happens. And then one morning the lady is, is praying and he hears her. And he's just kind of standing there window to window almost. And he hears her say, Lord, I'm out of food. And I know that you know that. And you're my heavenly father. And I know that you will take care of me. So I thank you in advance and I worship you. You've always taken care of me. And he prays and he goes, aha, I know what I'm going to do. So he sneaks, he goes to the grocery store. He buys a bunch of groceries. I'm going to show this lady. And so he puts them at her doorstep, knocks on the door and runs and hides in the bushes. So she comes out, answers the door, sees the groceries. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I knew. And she, she gets happy, starts dancing a little bit and just praising God and singing. He jumps out of the bushes. Aha, God didn't do that for you. I did that for you. And she got even more happy and blessed. And she starts running around, running down the street, thanking God. He runs and catches up with her and he goes, what, what? And she goes, I knew God would provide. I just didn't know he was going to make the devil pay for it. So he can use anybody. Now, I got to tell you this, though, okay? It's the rules about jokes. You're free to use my jokes, Okay. But I had to warn first and second service they were free to use it, but not on this property till after third service. So, so now everybody's free to use that, okay? All right, good deal. In the family of God, I believe that God wants us to try to understand what it's like to be each other. In First in Peter, it talks about husbands and wives to dwell with one another with understanding. What does that mean? I think it means that we try to understand what it's like to be them. And I think that we're to get emotionally involved, to enter emotionally into other people's lives. They're going through something. Try to, try to feel it. It says rejoice with those who rejoice. And those that mourn, you should enter into that mourning as well. So bear that in mind. And I want, I want us to think about something else. There's another metaphor for the family of God, and it's the body of Christ. Ever say the body of Christ? We're going to look at this in the next few weeks. And how, how many of you have a body? Y'all, come on. How many, how many of you have a body? Okay. You're not allowed to be here if you don't. Okay. It's kind of spooky. Um, look at this in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12. That there should be no schism or schism, depending on where you come from, in the what? In the body. And this word actually means division. There should be no division in the body, but that the members or the parts should have the same care. Help me for one another. And if one member, one part suffers, all the members suffer with it in the body. That's the way it works. Or if one member is honored, all the members, what rejoice with it. Look at verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. It could not be more plain for us. And so as we look at this part of the body, what happens is if one part suffers, the other part suffers. Have you ever stubbed your toe? Yeah. Come on, have you all ever stubbed your toe? Yeah. How many of you know the rest of the body gets involved in that? Yeah. I mean, you stub your toe and the rest of the body's like, oh. Where's the pain? Right down there. But the rest, oh. 
right? You, something would be wrong. You know, you crushed your foot and the rest of the body, whatever. <laughs> Zombie Christianity, okay? You ever hit your funny bone? Not funny. And what do you do? It's right there, but you don't like, whatever. No, you're And isn't it amazing your mouth always gets involved? We'll talk more about that in the weeks to come. What your body's trying to do is show some love, bring some help. When I was a little kid, I remember you'd you'd hurt something or cut something. When you're a little little boy, you'd lick it even. That'd make it better. Anybody else was a weird kid like me? Okay. Put some leaves on it, you know, and then you're back. But... What are you trying to do? When we enter in to whatever's going on with anybody else, and we try to understand that, we're actually causing life and love and healing and wholeness to go to that part of the body and consequently the whole body. It says if one member is honored, the rest should rejoice. If you ever get a compliment like you got really great hair or whatever, okay, then after somebody compliments you, you're like, yeah. And it's like the rest of you just feels good. And that's, that's the analogy. You are the body of Christ. And we're members individually, but we're members of each other as well. Can I get a good amen? amen? Now, we've had some fun this morning. We've learned a lot this morning. But in these last few moments, I just want to draw your attention to something I think is very important. If one member suffers, we all suffer. I want to call to your attention the plight, the horrible plight of some of our brothers and sisters they are being persecuted and even martyred around the world for their faith. We do wrong to just sit here in our comfortable, beautiful place with our limited problems and forget about them and just wish it never comes to us. I wish, I hope it never comes to us. But the reality is our brothers, our sisters, I belong to them, they belong to me. You belong to them, they belong to you. And we should feel this. You know, a week and a half, two weeks ago, we saw video, and there's some question about some of the issues of the video, but 21 Coptic Christians, Egyptian Christians, were beheaded by sword by ISIS, Islamic extremists. And that's not hard to see, and that's not hard to say. Who did this? And the reason they did it, they said the reason they did it was this, because they were people of the cross. And so they died for what they believed. Studies show, statistics rather, show every month. Everybody say every month. 322 Christians are killed for their faith every month. 214 churches or Christian properties are destroyed every month. 722 forms of violence are committed against Christians around the world every month. There there are organizations and sites you can go to. Voice of the Martyrs is one you can check out. Open Doors USA is another one. There's a legion to some others so that you can be aware, so that you can pray. Listen, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to stir you today. What if it was you? What if it was you on the other side of the world or on this side of the world and it was going on for us? Wouldn't it comfort your heart to realize? And I believe God lets people know in times like that. You have brothers and sisters that are praying for you. You have brothers and sisters that are mindful of you. You have brothers and sisters that are thinking about you. Look at this in Hebrews chapter 13. We're almost done this morning. Remember those. And this word means to recall to mind and retain in mind. Keep in mind. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them. 
And those who are in, who are mistreated since you also are what? In the body. Look at in the New Living Translation. Remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. Remember also those being mistreated as if you feel their pain, feel their pain in your own bodies. If one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. In Acts chapter 12, King Herod started persecuting the church. Stay with me just a couple minutes. He started persecuting the church. He took James, the brother of John, and beheaded him with a sword. And then he took Peter and he, he put him in prison. And that probably would have been Peter's outcome as well. It says, but the believers went and they made prayers to God. It said constant and fervent prayers for Peter to God. And in the middle of the night, angel came in. He had a miraculous release. Came in, put guards to sleep. Locks and chains fell off. Doors opened by themselves. Even had to tell Peter, come on. Because Peter thought, I got to be dreaming. And, and led him out and back to the believers. Now, why? Why was James beheaded? And why was Peter miraculously released? I don't know. I don't know. We do see active, constant, fervent prayer going on for Peter. But then again, in about 15, 18 years, Peter is crucified. And when they go to crucify him, history and tradition says that he says, I'm not worthy to die like my Lord died. Crucify me upside down. And then we find Stephen in Acts chapter 7, the first martyr of the church. And he's preaching of a risen Christ to them. And they start to throw rocks at him to kill him. And he said out loud to them, he said, I see the heavens open. He's about to die. I see the heavens open. I see the glory of God. And I see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. You know what strikes me with that? Everywhere else in the New Testament, we see Jesus. He's seated at the right hand of God. I believe that Jesus rose to honor and to receive the first martyr of the church. It said the church today, the blood of the martyrs is the seed for the church today. And so, and catch this too. And it says, although he died, and the language is clear, that's what happened. It it says this way in the book of Acts for Stephen. He fell asleep. I think God took out of it the anguish, the violence of it all. History tells us of martyrs in the first century that continued to sing continue to preach, continue to pray, continue to talk to others while being burned, dipped in tar and burned at the stake, continue to sing, continue to smile. Of other martyrs that were drug around and eventually destroyed by wild beasts in coliseums, continue to sing out hymns to God. I don't understand it all, but I, I always think that God is with his kids. God is with his children. I don't say any of this to upset us today. I say this to stir us up today so that we would be reminded and we would be in prayer concerning our brothers and sisters, not just the ones on your row, but yes, the ones on your row. But also let's keep in mind, pray for our brothers and sisters that are all over the world today. And I would encourage you to get informed concerning them as well. It's a wonderful thing to be in the family of God. There's nothing like belonging to the family of God. And you know what? Let's really act like we belong. Let's love one another. Let's take good care of one another. Let's pray for one another. And can I I say this too? Be more grateful than you've ever been in your life. Be more grateful than you've ever been for your life and fully live 
for God. And if we'll do that, the second century, there's a, a, a writer, Christian writer, an apologist. His name was Tertullian. And Tertullian observing pagans who were watching Christians. And he said that after watching them for a while, he said, I just know that their thoughts are this. As they look at Christians, they're saying, look how they love one another. Look how they love one another. May that be said of us, even by people that don't understand us or agree with us. May it be said of the family of God, look how they love one another. Look how they care for one another. It's a beautiful thing. It's the best thing to be in the family of God. And I love belonging to the family of God with you. Amen. Do you get anything at all out of this today?